Welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, September 15th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Ah, okay. All right. What happened in your life today? If anything exciting happened in your life, you can, you can certainly call in and let me know. If it was something uh, exciting or, or big, a big event, um, because I have absolutely nothing to report, nothing at all to report. I've, I've actually been, <clears throat> what I've been doing is I've been going to a local uh, art house movie theater and seeing old films. That's what I've done the last three days. Uh, what did I see? Uh, Tuesday, um, well, I, I, saw, we, I told you I saw Jaws, the new Jaws on the IMAX that I saw. Um, but then I saw The Conversation, Coppola's The Conversation on Tuesday. Okay, and uh, and today I just saw, by the way, I just saw um, Lost Highway, uh, David Lynch's film, uh, Lost Highway. So I've, I've been trying to, you know, to get around and see <clears throat> some uh, some some old films, which is great. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's nice being. That's probably the only good thing about living in San Francisco. The only good thing about living in San Francisco is that there's still a couple of theaters that do, uh, you know, old films, art house films. You know, uh, a lot of cities, you can't find that. Actually, I was in Omaha, Nebraska last year, <clears throat> and they have um, a uh, couple of art house theaters. I think they're called, uh, what are they called? Film Streams, I believe it is. Is it Film Streams? I think that's what it is. Um, and and uh, you don't expect that. You don't expect it, Omaha, Nebraska to have an art house theater, you know, but they did. And it was also a really nice city, a nice, clean city. I really recommend Omaha, especially, you know, people who live on the coast. I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast live either in California or New York, maybe Florida. There's some, there's some Texas and Canada, but don't be afraid to go to these small towns where people, you know, your assumptions are there's nothing to do because it actually is not true. It's not true. Omaha, Nebraska is a really nice, livable city with a, a really nice downtown area with some really nice restaurants. And like I said, the film streams, the art house here, they have a huge mall. Um, and the great thing about living in this place like Omaha is you just drive 10, 15 minutes out of town and you are in cornfields, literally 10, 15 minutes outside the city. You are in rural, you know, Nebraska, Iowa right there. And you just, it's cornfields and exactly what you'd expect. Then, then once you get outside the city, it's exactly what you expect cornfields but inside the cities it's very nice you know very nice uh, so i've been doing that you know trying to like bring a little culture more culture into my life get away from the television get away from the news get away from fox a little bit get away from social media get away from all this stuff get away from the queen's funeral which is going on forever and ever uh get, have you have you guys seen the videos of um of the queen uh, of the king king charles getting upset over his pens that he can't use those. Why did they make him use those old friggin' fountain pens out of Shakespeare? Why did they make him? Is he signing the Constitution? What, they always break on him. Or the ink, you know, ink comes out. It gets blotchy all over the place. So it breaks in head. There's a reason why people haven't used these for about a half century now. They give this poor guy these fountain pens, and they don't work. Give him a friggin' ballpoint pen. But everyone's getting all crazy over the fact that the king has no patience for these fountain pens. And, you know, you go, he's not his mother, but of course he's not his mother. But so what? You know, oh, he takes after his father. You could tell he takes after his father. Like the, these people talk like they know these people personally. Like they're, oh, he takes after, like they're talking about their son or their daughter. Takes after his father. Look at that temper. Just give him a good fucking ballpoint pen. Oh, my God. 
this ridiculous tradition of the British. It's really funny. The, the traditions that British have are just too absurd sometimes for words. But um, is that get away from that for a while. Uh, you know, and then just get away from the general hypocrisy. You know, we've been talking on this show a lot about uh, democratic hypocrisy and hypocrisy in general. But, you know, the fact that you have these Democrat cities that are, I, I was just, I just took a walk literally like 20 minutes before I started this show. I was down a few blocks from my apartment in Union Square and in front of the Marriott Hotel, a very nice hotel. This is out of 10.30, 10.30 p.m. here. Um, a freaking guy, obviously homeless, out of his mind in the middle of the street screaming at, at the doorman for the hotel, at the valet guy for the hotel, just screaming, F you, F you. And the guy's like, keep screaming. I just called the cops. F you and the cops screaming. I mean, literally, wake, he'd wake the dead how loud this guy was screaming. And I say this not because it's that uncommon for a major city, but that it's becoming more and more common in my city, in cities like San Francisco. It's becoming more and more common. You know, these, these we'll, we'll get to the immigration thing, which I want to get to in a second also, but these cities that are getting these Mexican and Nicaraguan migrants, they should be happy to have those people at this point. As, as well as I'm for secure borders and closing the damn border up now, you know, two million people in the last calendar year is enough. Um, but these are actually decent people. You've, I was watching last night, Griff Jenkins, that very waspy, you know, that very waspy, I'm Griff Jenkins, reporter on Fox. He, um, he was in D.C. because they sent, I guess it was Abbott, <clears throat> sent a, um, a busload to D.C. and dumped them right in front of Kamala Harris's place, right in front of her residence. And, uh, which is pretty funny. And, and you see them and they're nice and these cute little kids, you know, teenagers, guys in their twenties, um, very looking, very respectful, talking to him, trying to understand if they, excuse me. It, it was, you could see these people are not the kind of people that are going to stand in front of a hotel and scream in the middle of the night, you know? So I think these, these cities might, if they replaced all of these crazy homeless people, these nut jobs that belong in mental institutions with migrants, they'd probably be much nicer cities to tell you the truth, much better, much more respectful people. Because it's just, there's some kind of a, I don't know what is this, a selfishness about the about Americans, even the homeless. I mean, it's like that I can just stand in the middle of the street and scream like a maniac. Do you see these, these migrants coming and they're very respectful. They're in a new country. They're, they're, they're dressed, they're clean, they look nice. Unfortunately, most of them are wearing masks. I don't know why. Probably because they, see, the thing is, the, the reason why these migrants wear masks is because they're not stupid. You see, they, they came here, as Griff Jenkins was talking to this one guy, and he spoke very good English, and he said, I came here because I know the border's open. He actually said this to Griff. This is a, a guy from Nicaragua said, I came here because we know, we hear, we see on the news, we see on the TV that the border's open, and they're letting people in illegally. And he said, I came in illegally. Obviously, I'm admitting it. He says, I came in illegally because we're allowed to now. So, they watch TV, so they see this administration, and they see these Democratic governors and mayors, all, you know, big mask Nazis, Biden still with his idiotic black mask when he's in the middle of the fucking great lawn with no one around him, idiot, coming out of the helicopter by himself with a mask on. They see this, so they say, oh, this is what they must want. 
You know, we'll get in easier. If we, they're not going to let us in without masks. <laughs> this, that's the absurdity. They'll let you cross the border with a mask, but not without the mask. They'll let you in illegally as long as you got the mask on. Well, that's what these people must think. You know, it's not a big deal. We'll wear the mask because we want to get in. So I wish they wouldn't wear those damn things, but I understand why. If, if Well, if the Trump was in charge, there wouldn't be 2 million people coming across the border like there was not. There was less than half of that during Trump's presidency. This would not be happening. But also they probably wouldn't be wearing masks because they would know that the leader is not a masked Nazi who demands everyone wear masks all the time. So there's that. But, you know, getting back to the screaming and yelling in the middle of the street, and I'm thinking, what? what this, is, this is like third world shit. It really is. And that same guy will go take a shit in the middle of the street. He'll piss on the sidewalk. And then we have a mayor here. These Democratic mayors, like the one in my city, London Breed, that she gets a $350,000 salary. I hope you didn't fall off your couch. That's right. Highest paid mayor in the country. Maybe the world. In a city of half a million, a little more than half a million. See if that makes any sense. Um, but, and she's proud of this. This is like coming back. This, they're, they're proud of this. They are proud of this. They think this is, they think this is because they live on a perch somewhere, gated community, and they don't have to deal with this. And by the way, in their communities, if someone comes along screaming, the cops will be there in about two and a half seconds. Here, they'll never come if they show up at all. I think that that guy, the valet guy was just lying. He didn't really call the cops. He knows they wouldn't come. Union Square, guy screaming in the middle of the street, cops aren't going to come. We're lucky if they come if he was shooting in the middle of the street, let alone just screaming. But if this was in London Breed's community with her gated community or in Nancy Pelosi on the hill with the gate, they'd be there in no time. So these people live in this city. They're, they're liberal leaders' perches. And they pretend this stuff either doesn't exist or it's supposed to exist in a city and too fucking bad. They're, they're proud of their cities. They're proud of, the, they're proud of the disasters they've created, these liberal Democrat shitballs, what they've created, the cities they've created here, what they've done to some of the greatest American cities, like Beetlejuice in Chicago, where there are, you know, every weekend we hear you know, five to ten more murders. Every weekend there's a mass shooting in Chicago, at least one. So this is what happened with, with their strict gun laws, by the way. We don't have to go into that, right? The cities with the strictest gun laws had the most gun crime. So, see, this is like once again, this all goes back. I make myself angry just talking about this stuff because I talk about facts and evidence. You talk about, okay, the cities with the strictest gun laws had the most gun, the, strict, the strictest gun laws had the most gun crime. So do gun laws work? Obviously not, right? Places with masking did worse with cases and deaths and everything than places with no masking. So the masks work? Of course not. Places where there's less vaccination have had fewer cases, fewer deaths than places with the most vaccination. So vaccinations don't work, right? Of course not. So we know that these are all facts. Places with lockdowns had terrible outcomes. So lockdowns don't work, right? No, of course not. But the facts don't matter to Democrats. The facts don't matter to liberals. They don't matter. It doesn't matter. They want gun laws to mean no gun crime. In their perfect world, in their utopia, strict gun laws equal no gun crime, no gun death, no mass shootings. That's in their, their, their perfect world. They've created in their head like a Hollywood fucking movie. In their perfect world, you put a mask over your face, the COVID goes away. In their perfect world, you put, what, one to 25 jabs in your arms and the COVID goes away. In their perfect world, you lock down, you hide from the virus, and the virus gets scared and leaves. That's their perfect retarded world that they created, that they create. 
their own, their own reality that they want to be. You see, this is what they want to be. It's not, but it's what they want to be. It's their utopia they wish for. Because it all comes from, once again, I think we can all say it together. I can hear you say it. Control. Control. They want to believe they can control everything. They, the things they put into effect will control and do what they want. They'll get the outcome they want from their control devices. That's what they want to believe, that they have control. That is a... I, when you believe that you can control things you can't control, that the, the psychotic element to that, it's not reality, it's selfishness, it's pomposity, it's all of those things. It's all of those things. It's like having a God complex. It's like having a God complex, absolutely, no doubt about it. So this is where we are in big cities, in major cities. They've made it into a disaster, and it's going to continue to get worse because they keep on pushing Soros-backed DAs who won't prosecute criminals, who truly believe that criminals, especially those of a certain element, are poor souls who have come from oppression, and punishing them is just worse. They don't deserve to be punished. They deserve to be coddled and given 25 chances. This is what they believe. This is their ideology. Empty out the prisons. We want the prisons to be half empty. That's their ideology. That's what they believe. It's dangerous. People die from it. People are murdered from it. it, We get third world country status that way. This is third world country status in these cities. That's what we get from this ideology. But that's their ideology, and they are going to die with it. That's why the only answer is to is to make sure these people are not in control anymore. The answer is to make sure these people can't control these cities anymore, can't, can't, can't elect these DAs that won't prosecute criminals. That's the only way we're going to stop this. That's the only way we're going to stop our cities from being destroyed. These people can't have power anymore. They simply can't have power anymore. Once again, they, they believe that their ideology is the way to salvation. Doesn't matter the evidence. Doesn't matter crime goes up. Doesn't matter violent every major blue blue run city, violent crime up, theft, car thefts up, rape up, looting up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They don't blame themselves. They don't blame themselves. They blame just like well, the societal influences that are out of their control. Societal influences in major cities that just come along with big cities that are out of their control. And all they can do, all they can do is make life easier for the criminals. All they can do is make life easier for those poor, oppressed people that commit crimes because there's nothing else they can do but commit crimes because they come from a place where that's all they know. It's not their fault. And we certainly can't punish them for their crimes. This is just what they believe. This is just what they believe. It's what George Soros believes. He has said it. He has said it. Too many people are in jail. These people come from very oppressed childhoods and neighborhoods that forces them into a life of crime and they shouldn't be punished. They should be rehabilitated. They should be given several chances. Then that's what happens. And that's what happens. And then all of a sudden, what happens with that is 
when someone commits a crime that used to be, let's say in 1982, was considered violent, that's not considered violent anymore, that was considered a felony in the 80s, is now a misdemeanor. We saw that case in point with that guy in New York City, right? Who sucker punched the guy in the back of the head, lands on the concrete, cracks his head, ends up in a coma with a blood, with, with a brain bleed, and uh, almost dies. And, and the police do the right thing. The police in New York City, because they have common sense and brains, charge him with attempted murder. And the DA says, no, no, it's simple assault. It's a misdemeanor. And with a misdemeanor in these, in these liberal-run cities, there's no cash bail. And they get out the next day and not having to put any bail down at all. And that, they believe that's the right way. They believe that's the righteous, righteous, fair way. When, of course, common sense tells you, you punish people to the fullest extent of the law when they commit a crime. And that is more likely to be a deterrent than letting people know they're going to get out the next day no matter what they do anyway. You literally have to put a bullet in someone's head to maybe not get out the next day. Maybe you'll get out in a week on $50,000 bail. But this is what, what, what we've created in our major cities. This is what we've created. The Democrats have created this. There's a reason why the top crime cities are Democrat-run cities, all of them. All of them. And you can't say, oh, yes, they're the biggest cities, but they've always been the biggest cities. But they haven't always been like this. They haven't always been like this. Yes, most of them have always been run by Democrats. But this is a different breed of Democrat now. This is a different breed of Democrat we're seeing now. I was in New York City through many Democratic mayors. Like Ed Koch. Ed Koch was much tougher on crime. Much tougher on crime than some of the many of the Democratic mayors we see now. So times have changed. And the ideology of these people have changed. And the ideology is to let them go, let them off easy. Because if you show them kindness, they won't do it again. They'll look at that kindness in your heart and their heart will melt and they'll become good people. Look how much bullshit this is. Sounds good as a movie. It's like that movie. What was that movie with Harrison Ford, that terrible movie? where he was like this real asshole corporate guy and he gets shot in the head and then he becomes nice. How idiotic was that movie? But that's Hollywood. I mean, that's what some of these liberals believe. It was someone, something bad happens to someone, like they commit a crime, they'll learn from the error of their ways and become nice. It's not the way it works. It's just simply not the way it works. Regarding Henry, that was the name of the movie, Regarding Henry. I think it was the worst thing, it's not his fault, he's a great actor always, but it was, I think, the worst movie he was ever in. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that easy you know some real corporatist asshole get shot and they become nice and it might give people an idea gotta watch out oh look who's back all right let's uh my mouth again my jaw's getting a little tired i keep talking but since i'm tired maybe maybe joe has maybe joe has something to add what's up joe well hey um man i'll tell you what i just i've, I've stumbled into your station and um, Why do you always stumble like, in? You always stumble in. Can't you just come in? in? Because I'm a new call. I'm a new call in guy. But I love this app because I get a chance 
to roll with you. I, I'm like, when I heard you, I'm like, wow, I'm this guy's <laughs> like total problem. Like you explain my politics. You're not my problem. Every grievance, every grievance. <laughs> You're not my arch you brought up. You're not my arch nemesis, Joe. Relax, relax. Oh, I'm relaxed, bro. I really am. It, it doesn't bother me. Um, but I'm just saying that I'm, I am the opposite of what you've been like identifying as a problem. Like I, I'm, I'm your culprit. You have to be more specific. Well, every grievance uh, thing you brought up with in terms of like crime, democratic cities being run, um, you know, just, uh, do you believe in for-profit prisons? Do I believe in for-profit prisons? I believe, I believe in prisons. Okay, so do you believe in for-profit prisons within the state and the reality of for-profit politics? And no. meaning six out of eight, Nancy Pelosi is spending six out of eight out of ten days rate, dialing, raising money, you know, just pushing no. culture. Do you, no, you don't like Nancy Pelosi? No, do you support her? Doing no, I mean, do you like Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, because she's with the corporate Republicans. No, no, Joe, answer my question. You don't. You're not a fan of Nancy Pelosi, right? No, I'm not a fan of Nancy Pelosi. Okay, we're I'm, on the same. Joe, we're on the same side. We're on the, the corporate same side. Cult- yeah, dude, but it's more important that we identify the corporate culture that really uh, expands the prison culture. I don't think that American people are criminals by nature. I don't think that they're dirtier. I, you know, I'm just saying, like, can we put a check on the for-profit prison system that Nancy Pelosi and all the Republican administration, tough on crime, fake BS, is pushing? Yeah, but Are Nancy Pelosi, me? but then Nancy Pelosi is a very you say you say you say Nancy Pelosi for the pro, pro, for-profit. I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I'll give it to you. But yeah. on the other hand, Nancy Pelosi also has no problem with DAs. Who don't prosecute criminals? So isn't that weird? Uh, yeah, actually, she did. She didn't support uh, uh, that Chesson dude who got bounced out of there. She's a corporate Democrat, bro. You're missing it. No, I know she's a corporate Democrat. She, she, she wasn't it, for Chesson. Uh, I know Nancy Pelosi's a corporate was. whore. I call her a corporate whore. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but she wasn't for Chesa uh, Obin or no, no, whatever no. the dude who what got. Saying is, hey, I don't, dude, I don't, dude, 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 dude. Can I finish my sentence? Joe. Don't yell over me. I'm going to let you talk. Well, I'm not, but don't talk over me. Don't filibuster me when I'm trying to make I'm my, filibustering. my point, bro. I'm filibustering. All I'm saying is, is that I don't recall, I could be wrong, I don't recall Nancy Pelosi pushing his recall at all. At all. Do you, do you, do you think that, okay, if, if, if that's the premise you're pushing, do you think she's such a leftist that she's pushing for Medicare for all? Because she's not. She's a corporate whore, and she doesn't go for that. I just called her that. I just gave you that saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You didn't give me nothing. I'm taking that because that's what she did. And you're on the opposite side of me. I'm not making any fucking games about it, bro. But do you agree with me that Nancy Pelosi is a whore that won't bring up Medicare for all? Yes. You got over 50% of Republicans that want it. Yes. I agree with you. All right. We're getting somewhere, bro. I'm shaking your hand. Shaking your hand.
that, does, that, does that bother you that I agree with you? <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't. And, and if you got a problem with me, like, let me know, bro. I'm here for, I roll into this. This is what I do. And this so is let me I, ask you, Joe, I'm going to ask you a question. Being now. able to talk to guys like you, because I got guys like you in my family, okay, that I fucking hate their politics. But when we hash it out, and if we're honest, we can come down and get real. Well, I, I have a question for you. I'm interview. Okay, so I want to ask you a question then. Yeah. Why do the uh, people, the ultra leftist, many progressives, not that's all, me. many. That's me. Why do they keep reelecting Nancy Pelosi? No, that's not me. Jesus Christ. Joe, Joe, why do they here in my city of San Francisco give her 80% of the fucking vote <laughs> every other year? Dude, where are you originally from? Because that voice is not San Francisco, bro. I'm from Wisconsin, and people like, I'm closer to the West than you are. Where are you from? I'm from New York City. Yeah, there you go. Okay, now I'm getting, I, I just got to get up to speed. Like, a New York City guy, conservative, moves to San Francisco. Why the fuck would you do that if you have your politics? No, you don't. See, I guess you are very much a newcomer to this show. I am, I am. Okay. I moved to San Francisco in 2012. I was a I was a establishment Democrat in 2012. What does that mean? What does I, that mean to be establishment? I, I was a Clinton Obama guy. I voted for Clinton. What does that mean? Are are you Medicare for all? Are you like free tuition at the point of service of education? Um, uh, of, was, uh, are you for elder care, child care, community development? What are you for? Well, I was I was a Bernie guy. I became a Bernie. What guy. does that mean? What does that mean, bro? Tell me who you are. Joe, you're saying, tell me who you are. What, what is yeah. that? What is your platform, brother? Would you what like to write, platform, write, write a thesis and send, and send an email to you? Do you want me to give you my home phone number? No, 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 no. Brother. Make in this radio interesting terms, for the people what, listening. Who am I? Brother, brother. What? what who am I? Who are you, Freud? What's, what's your platform? What are you talking about? Joe, you're talking generalities. What's your platform? Yeah, I am. What do you what do you put people in boxes? What's your box? No, What's no, your no. Box? here's my box. Like I want Medicare for all. I don't want people going bankrupt because they got a medical problem. I want elder care. I want them to be able to get hearing aids. I want them to be able to I want ch child care. I want us to like hey dude, and I know you're going to agree with me. Do they have a sophisticated credit report on your financial well-being? Your credit report. They know what the cost of the American dream is, brother. That's what I'm speaking to. Yeah. And let's not quit playing it off like it's some esoteric thing. And if you're an Obama guy, if you're a Bernie guy, you know what I'm talking about. It's a platform, brother. That's what I'm speaking to. Yeah, as long as you're as long as people are consistent with their platforms, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with consistency on either side as long as you're a consistent person and okay. not, not a hypocrite about things. Yes, I have no problem with that. I have no problem. Well, what's yours, brother? What's yours? And that's all I'm asking. Help me get to know you. Because you know what, I, I love, that's what I love about this platform of call-in. Like, I get a chance to meet you. Well, you know, tell me what's really, important to you. Really. Tell you're me what's important to you. You're talking, you're talking to a guy who has a, who has a podcast. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you don't know me. You're not getting to no, know me. No, no. Bread. I don't. Help, bread. Me. help me, brother. How, how, how can I help you, Joe? I'd love to help, help you. Help me with your platform. I think you need help, Joe. Brother, okay. brother, brother, what do you, you believe in? Like, what's your top five things? Like, man, this, that, and the other thing, I have that. That's a heavy focus of mine, and I want to see that happen for the American people. What does that, what does that look like, bro? The American people? I, I, what I would really like to see more of, number one, is I'd like to see people follow our Constitution. 
Our Constitution okay. was written by our founding fathers, yep. and it's, it's there for a reason. And if you don't like right. the Constitution, wait a minute. If you don't like the Constitution as it's written, you can do one of two things. You can mm-hmm. leave and go somewhere else without the Constitution, or or you can fight to get it changed and amended. So what I would <laughs> like is for people wait. to so for people you're, to you're really understand. Well, no, 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 Joe, you asked me a okay, question. Go ahead. Go ahead. You understand that our founding fathers were brilliant, visionary people. And they wrote something called the Constitution, and it's the greatest living document anywhere of any nation. And I want to see our people and our politicians follow it to a T, to a T. You understand? And that hasn't been happening much lately, and it often doesn't happen on both sides of the aisle. You're so right. I guess, I guess I've become I a more of a strict constitutionalist. That's what I've become. Sure, but therein comes like uh... – why a lawyer makes like hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour is the interpretation of what that means, right? Is they, they like no, certain, certain things are interpretive, for certain, like First Amendment, like freedom of speech. It's not interpretive. Freedom of speech, well, means freedom of speech. Dude, dude, sure. dude, dude, I'm coming in the spirit of it is a living, breathing document, right? It gives you the, the ability, like, you know, we're, turn, we're overturning Roe versus Wade. Right. Because it wasn't interpreted right. Yeah. You interviewed in front of a a bunch of senators and you said this, but then you did that. It's a living, breathing document. And it is the pain that goes. The rocks go at the farm. Right. Well, that's why we have a Supreme Court. They interpret. Yeah. I'm I'm just document. Yeah. yeah, I'm speaking to that. Right. right. I say that I'm speaking to that. The rocks go at the farm. But. There is a inherent danger that goes with that when you rub up against popular opinion and you are in a highly commodified uh, market existence. Like the American dream is wrapped up in commodities. Your health care, like I can't even tell you all the weird pricing I was getting from dialing in and trying to get Obamacare. Yeah. I can't even tell you what a shit storm that was, bro. It's a problem for a lot of people. A lot of people can't afford it. Yeah, but the Republicans, it's like, unless it's CRT, immigration, or flat earth, they're not into it, bro. They're not into it. They're not solving Americans' basic problems, knowing Obamacare doesn't cut it. Biden's college approach to, you know, being a future student or a past student doesn't cut it. But the Republicans, they're not, it's not even on their radar screen, bro. Look, That's I, a problem. Well, I, I think, uh, look, I, in principle, I'm for a lot of these things you're talking about. But I think with the Republicans, the more conservative approach. And look, I've, I've seen both. Like I said, I was, a, I was an establishment Democrat. I became a Bernie Kratz. It's a, so I've been through a lot of different machinations. I've seen all the different, as you say, platforms. But I think what the conservatives would say is, OK, how do we fucking how do we pay for it? How do we not go into more debt? How do we not go into more debt, pass debt on to future generations? How do we not have inflation go through the roof, recession after right. recession? How do, yeah. we, how do we do right. that? How do we you're pay right. for you're, it? Yeah, you're right. I agree with you. That's what they say. But did they say it when Trump put forth a $1.8 trillion unfunded tax cut? They didn't. They, they lost that burning torch. Well, actually, they didn't because it was the lowest point of his ratings in his presidency. So there there was maybe like if we got down into it, people might have been saying, hey, dude, you didn't fucking find cuts. Well, shit. but we both, didn't both, get into yeah. that. But yeah. you know what I mean? Right? No, both, both sides. 
yeah, tend to let yeah. their side spend when they want to spend. That's right. Okay. But now, would you say that Nancy Pelosi, do you think she's a flaming dance academy, San Francisco, but, <laughs> you no. know, just like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> let's run and build tiny homes for everybody? Or is she a Chase Manhattan? I'm insider trading. I don't have time for small issues. I've got there's big. No, there's, no, there's no arguing. She's the latter, of course. There's no arguing okay. there. Good. Then you know what? That, like, I just appreciate you having a distinguishment between that. Like, I come from a very conservative family that I can say that they don't understand the corporate nature of Nancy Pelosi, and it's super problematic. When, wait a minute, when, wait a minute. when I rub up against that. Conservatives problem. don't like Nancy Pelosi, though, do they? No, of course not. No. Oh, I horrible. see what you're saying. I see what but you're saying. Okay, what you're getting at, what you're saying is she, most conservatives think she's just like a flaming progressive liberal. Is yes. Okay. Amen, okay. brother. Amen. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, you're right. They, that's right. I'm not arguing with you. You, you fucking went Einstein there, bro. Yeah. No, <laughs> I am Einstein. No, no, you're right. I, I agree with you. They don't just get, ask they don't you, right? Them, like, am I Einstein or am I Einstein? Just ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it's, it's Joe, you're, Joe, did I, are you in, Cal, where are you, are you in Southern California? No, 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 no. I'm your neighbor. I'm in Arizona. But I, oh, come, you're, in, you're in Arizona. Hey, you know what? I lived up in Lake Tahoe for uh, 12 years, man. And, uh, oh, I, oh, a, I love Tahoe. A lot of skiing up there. Oh, I love Tahoe. And, um, yeah, and, and a lot of mountain biking and just living. Really, uh, just it was the funnest time of my lifestyle or in my lifetime, and the lifestyle was just awesome. I'm 56, so yeah, you, know, point, you-, you have kids, and you know, you have like things that come on. And I, I moved out of the mountains and I moved to the city to, you know, to make money and, and do my do my thing. And uh, but god damn it, I miss it, man. I really- you in the Phoenix area. Yeah, I'm in, uh, I, I do a lot of Phoenix. I'm in Tucson. Those are, we got Tucson, uh, Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Sierra Vista, and everything else. Maybe Yuma, maybe Lake Havasu, but it's not much going Joe, on. Joe, I lived in, lived in Flagstaff for two years. Oh, what'd you do up there, man? Were you a ran, for, ran for Congress. You did? Yeah, I ran in conditional. It, it was the districts have changed. I know one was added and stuff like that. It's nine. I was in CD one when I was there. Yeah, yeah, congressional oh, yeah. district that was based out of uh, Flagstaff. It was the major city of that district. Yes. Hey, yeah. um, that's super interesting. Uh, how old are you? Fifty one. Oh, you're my age. I, yeah. I'm like I, I'm I'm older than you, but man, I'm glad you're that age because did you live here in like I moved here in uh, two thousand, right? I was there from like oh five to oh. I was there oh. from oh four to oh six. Dude, you were in the red fucking meat of Arizona politics. Yes, like JD, you were in you J, You know JD Hayworth. I'll, I'll bet. Of course, I know you do. Well, that's a name. That's like a blast from the past, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I oh. ran against. I, I well, I was running in the Democratic primary. I didn't win, but I was running what? against. Do you remember Rick Renzi? I do. I, I can't yeah. even tell you how many times I talked to Rick Renzi. Yeah, Rick like Renzi. I had friends yeah, the corrupt, the corrupt Rick, Rick Renzi, who, was, who six months after he won that election that I ran, after he won re-election, 40 indictments, 40 counts. Yeah, right. 40 counts. Yeah. I was going to ask you about yeah. that because, yeah. you know, everybody would have gotten allergic to Rick Renzi at that moment. But, but. D- d- Joe, I was telling everybody in my campaign, my 15-month campaign, that Rick Renzi was corrupt, corrupt. They were like, oh, you're just saying that. Oh, you're a liar. Oh, okay. Okay, sure. 
Mike doesn't know anything, does he? Mike doesn't know anything. You blow me away, dude. Like, for one, like, when you tell me you ran as a Democrat, I'm like, what the F? Yeah. Like, you sound like a staunch conservative, like, from the word go. Well, things have happened lately, but, 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 but. I mean, like, what? Also, but also, they they totally, Joe, it totally turned me off to running. Joe, it totally turned me off to running for politics because I was an outsider running in the Democratic primary, and they didn't want me outside. Well, you know how the party system works. Why did they, you run as a, what were your uh, core convictions running as a Democrat back in the early 2000s? Because I find that fascinating. Well, I was, a, I was a, at that time, pre-Bernie, I was a Deaniac. I was a Howard Dean guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was, a, I was a Howard Dean guy. Actually, that's how, that's how my political career started. I was, I was part of a, in Flagstaff, I was part of a Howard Dean meetup group. Every week, we were like the Howard Deaniac meetup group. What are they called? What was it called? It was called something. Do you remember? He had a meetup. What the hell? Was no, it? but you, dude, you you wake me up in that because I remember being like semi excited about Howard Dean at that time, and then when they like you know gave the scream of death, and they like you know it was almost like the outpouring for like Ukrainian support. Like it was them like denouncing Howard. Dean scream and like it was just a State Department like we are denouncing him we're going to cast him off as a weirdo uh, he like he doesn't have a 50 state strategy like he never invented anything that was we're going to cast him as that but that was a terrible that was, a, that was an awful that was an awful they, thing that the establishment did that was they an did him dirty awful. right of course no doubt yeah. about it of course of course Sinful. yes it was nothing compared to what many of these politicians do during campaigns the guy shows some excitement and they make him look like a lunatic ridiculous mm. well you know now you know what gives me pause is like you like give me like um i find you fascinating because a you come off as a, a hardcore staunch republican but then when you like like you tell me howard dean and like that is like in the sack like that is right field politics like Nobody understands what you're bringing, you know, from geek level. I'm a geek. In but do you know politics. that Howard Dean became a lobbyist of Big Pharma? Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. No, okay. no, no. I'm well aware of that afterlife of Howard Dean and all the meaningful politics that he brought to me and that he, he spoke to me. You know, me being 56, you know, that uh, that took me back to, like, Paul Wellstone and Dennis Sinich. Sure. Sure. Uh, 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 Alan uh, Grayson, out yep. of Florida. Yeah, you know, I just I I can I can talk like, and I I was a Ralph Nader voter. I I was blamed for like bring, bringing in Bush. I was blamed for I voted for Jill Stein in twenty sixteen. So did I. So did I. And, and wow, dude, you blow me away, man. You see, I'm more, I'm much more complex than you think, Joe. Much no, more. you are, you are. But this is the beauty of calling. Like, dude, I never would have suspected this about you, yeah. and I appreciate you knocking me out of my norms, and probably me knocking you out of your norms of us, like coming together, like because we have a lot of core connection, right? Yeah. Right. But I, my whole point is, I'll, I'll let you go in a minute. But if you criticize me, I'm cool. If you, if no, you I'm, say no, no, you no, weirdo leftist, I'm, I'm cool with is, you, bro. We can, we can, someone can come along like Howard Dean and it can grab our attention, right? Someone can come along like Bernie Sanders and it can grab our attention. Someone can come along like Donald Trump and it can grab our attention. But I think we need to be living, talk about living, breathing documents. Living, breathing humans need to be able to mm-hmm. take in information 
And maybe the ways times change or parties change or people change and they need to be able to change. You see, that's the whole thing. This is why I don't like the cult of the party. In other words, I'm born a Democrat and I am always a Democrat. I'm born a Republican into a Republican home and I'm always a Republican. And we never we never let information come into our computer that can change us. That is the problem I have with a lot of people on both sides of the aisle. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not one of those people. Maybe I, have I described myself well to you? I'm not one. You of have, people. you have, and you know what? And you like, like owning your political past is like just a. Uh, I just am really. I salute you because I think you're truly an oddity in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's such a slap and a kiss. Oh uh, yes, exactly. I was going to say yeah, the exact same thing. The slap and a kiss, but. Uh, you know, but Joe, I, I think that you've stumbled on. You can listen more. You can call in. If I disagree with something, you can argue with me. You can yell. Well, you can agree let, hey, or disagree, whatever you want to do. No, 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 no. And I get all that. But I would say this is that a the like what I would like to end this conversation with uh-huh. is what are you know, in, in honoring what you just said, what are your top five offensive? Even, I tell wait, you what. Wait, 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 wait. Hear me out, bro. And I'll <laughs> shut up. Yeah, go ahead. Um, what are your top five things that you advocate for? Not not grievance culture, not, you know, just like what are you for and what like what does the American dream? Everything's been commodified, whether it's health care, mm-hmm. elder care, child care, everything. We are in a libertarian fucking nightmare. Uh, what do you advocate for in terms of like good governance? And 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 I'll take that off the air. Well, I think I have to do my homework on that. What, have, what do you I, mean, dude? I, dude. I, dude, Joe, Joe, I can be maudlin. I can say, oh, I'm for freedom and happiness. What? And, and, no. And healthcare for all and everyone can live and everyone can You're be- not, you're not, you're not, you're not that surface, dude. You're not. <laughs> I mean, I let me think about it a little bit more. That's all. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, wait a second. But don't you have core, like, commitments and just say, you know what? Do you, okay, how do you feel about Medicare for all? How do you feel about single payer? But now you're talking about like issues, really topics, right? You're talking yeah, about yeah. no, 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 populism. Those are the cool populism. Things. Is, populism can be can be bastardized by either side. Wait, 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 wait. But let's talk about the populism of Medicare for all. It's seventy one percent across the board. I, I think in yes, I think in principle, people think everyone should be able to get health care. Of course, yes. yes. Okay, but but what do you, I mean? Is that like a core belief, or is that like? Uh, just I'm bypassing like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good billboard. I read it and uh, but I drove past it. But, yeah, in conception, I would eat at that restaurant. But it's a yeah. flyby. I just I just want to make sure. Oh, here. OK, let's put it this way. I've said this before on the show, but since you're a newbie, I don't. Guilty. This current government, I don't trust to run anything. Me either. Trust, yeah. So if we had that kind of a program, who runs it? Oh yeah, yeah, but wait a second. Uh, if you have populism, who say, like, there we haven't been had our satiation from capital markets, and if you agree that like five insurance companies running over ninety percent of the healthcare, whether it's United Healthcare, um, my wife worked for Aetna for years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all the usual characters, right? Oh, but Joe, I think let, let's 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 you and Dude, I not let's, pretend, let's, pretend, let's pretend you and I are in Congress, and we're trying to maybe one of us is I'll be the Republican, you can be the Democrat, and we're trying to hash out. We both agree. Do you the, honor populism as a representative of 
what right. we're talking about. So we're trying, so trying to hash out how this would work. I don't think there's a problem with the healthcare companies running healthcare as long as people don't have to go bankrupt to pay for it. Yeah. I mean, like, I get, like, thank you, I guess. Yeah, but they know how to run things. They've been running it since the beginning of time. The government doesn't know how to run it. These healthcare right. companies have professionals. They know how to run this stuff. Just the point being is you shouldn't get a fucking bill for $85,000. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Loud and clear. Brother, right. I acknowledge what you say, but if you look at reality and, like, if you're a capital, it sounds like you're coming down on the eyes of, you know, uh, capital markets and reality, right? Sure. The reality of it is that five big insurance companies handle over 90% of all 50 states' mm. health care. I know. I know. And, and, dude, if you know that, it should be like the screaming violation of, like, like that. those five entities should be screaming, I'm a rapist. I am not a capitalist. Mm. I will never serve, um, you know, you and, and what you're, like, you're advocating for and why you are, you know what I mean? It's just like, if you're a capitalist, you have game theory as one of your tenets of like, I have to like, am, is it a, is it a profit or is it a loss? Mm. And, and, you know, pardon me to the conservative side, they never, ever have to ever fucking answer for that. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to my conservative cousins, like my whole family's Republican brother, Mm-hmm. And when I tell them like, well, okay, you talk about competition in the marketplace, they're doing open heart surgery, quadruple bypass in India for 5,000 bucks. No. Yeah. Why isn't it here? Well, like, what the fuck? How come you get to skate for free talking about, you know, competition in the marketplace? Where is that price discovery? And where is the smashing of this fake thing that's going on between five insurance companies? That keep keep the same skinny, the for-profit political system. We're not getting real with, you know, all the capitalists are not getting real with the um, ground conditions. And when, you know what I'm talking about, bro. No, I do know what you're talking about. I understand. I know you. I know you. Joe, let me let you go. I want to get to Daniel, but call in again next show, whatever. Call in all the time. You're a good caller. I like you. I like you. Back at you, man. I'll talk to you later, man. And thanks. All right. No problem. All right, let's see here. Right. Uh, oh, Daniel. There's Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Um, listening to Joe talk, he, he, um, he gave us like five things. He, he was trying to get you to list some core things that you're about. And um, he listed like five things that he was about. Every single one of them was about everybody giving him free stuff. Um, that's not a, um, that's not a solid way to go in this world, Joe. Um, you're going to have to ask me, people like me to give you what I worked very, very, very hard for. Good luck with that, buddy. Ain't going to happen in your lifetime. And, and, and Daniel, also you were a Democrat for your whole life, weren't you? I was a Democrat for 44 voting years up until, uh, two years ago. And this Joe, you really need to hear this when the Democrats, abandoned every single one of their core principles. Democrats and and I have for the longest time been about the downtrodden, those people that didn't get breaks in life. It was about cutting them breaks, getting them a good education, giving them a good primary education and secondary education for all, 
giving them access to junior colleges where if they can't go to a four-year college and afford it, they can get a fairly decent education. That's, that's the sort of thing I was about, giving people a, a hand up. And I still am. I still consider myself a liberal. Uh, but the problem with the Democratic Party is they're entirely illiberal. The Democrats yeah, and the liberals used to be actually for liberty. They're used to be about bodily autonomy, for example. And they totally violated that in, in these last two years, forcing people to get vaccinations, forcing people to wear political symbols on their face that do absolutely nothing with respect to SARS-CoV-2 infection transmission, forcing people to lock themselves down, which only could create more harm and only delay the inevitable. That is what they did, Joe. And they did that all at the cost, at greatest cost to those on the lowest rungs of our socioeconomic environment in this country. The poor were devastated by this show. The middle class devastated by this show. Who benefited? The very, very, very wealthy. No, the wealthy. The shipped, as, as privately owned businesses got run out of business because of these lockdowns, who benefited, Joe? Those who were publicly traded. And those publicly traded businesses were allowed to open. The Costco's, yeah. they were allowed to stay open. The Walmart's, they were allowed to stay open. The Safeway's, they were allowed to stay open. All the businesses that were allowed to stay open, guess what, Joe? All publicly traded. The private built businesses held by mom and pop, those people that are trying to make a living at the bottom of the rungs, Democrats closed them all down, Joe. Beat the crap out of them. Beat the living shit out of them. Walk around San Francisco, Joe. Look at look at all the, the, the stores that are still boarded up. Mm-hmm. And, and tell me what the Democrats are about now, Joe. Yeah, well, the corporatists definitely won during COVID. We know that. The rich got richer. The Zuckerbergs got richer. The, 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 and the, you know, uh, that, Amazon you got know that Joe, from his, yeah. talk, from his talking and screaming and screed at yesterday, was all about masking. He was all about vaccination. The guy can't, the guy can't even, apparently... Can't even uh, 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 read a journal called the journal articles on masking. It's not quantum field theory, Joe. It's a mask. You can figure it out. Doesn't work. Doesn't work for shit. Your party forced down on everybody. Vaccines. These vaccines don't work for shit, Joe. Your party forced it on everybody at cost of their jobs, at cost of their livelihoods, people that were just barely scraping by to begin with. And your party, Joe, forced them into poverty. Well, you know, the corporatists won again during COVID. I mean, they did. It's corporate America that won again. It's the exactly. richest, the wealthiest, the millionaires and the billionaires. It's the Zuckerbergs. It's the Dorseys. It's the Musks. It's the, uh, you know, the Amazon, you keep like the Amazon guy. Um, it's the, uh, it was Big Pharma, right? It's insurance companies. They're, 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 the, they're the ones that won big during covid and those who like you just said it I'll, I'll repeat what you just said daniel the ones who are hurt were more of these small business owners the mom and pops right the middle class the lower middle class the lower class the, the these are the poor these are the people who are hurt the most during covid not okay. not by the not by the disease covid a disease can't do this policies, policies policies did it right exactly yes yeah. policies so, did so, so, so when it comes down to i like to break things things down to very um simple, um, fundamental uh, um, sort of uh, basis. Um, and, and quite often the way to do that is to imagine yourself not in our very, very, very complex society that we have right now, 
but but imagine yourself to try to get clear on the morality of ethics and ethics of things. Imagine yourself back to 10,000 years ago uh, when you were in a tribal system. And um, how if, if you were sitting around on your ass all day, just asking everybody to give you free food, to give you free stuff. How do you think they'd treat you? You'd be tossed out into the desert to fend for yourself the minute you opened your mouth and expressed that idea. But we live in a very complex system now in which they, in, in which it's not that there's any tolerance for that. It's that there, it's, it's difficult to discipline these people. When these people ask for stuff for, for free and contribute so little to society and keep asking for more and more stuff. And I'm not saying Joe necessarily doesn't contribute to society. I have no idea what the guy does for a living. But what I'm saying is when people are asking for more and more and more free stuff and not telling us what they're going to do for that free stuff, for example, health care. Joe is screaming about, oh, we should have you know more access to health care. We should have Medicare for all. Possibly. Maybe, Joe. But not until people start taking care of their own health. We have an obesity problem that is caused by individuals in this country. And it's been raging since the 1980s. For the last millions of years that we have been evolving, we never had this problem. Now we've got this problem. The problem needs to be fixed. And until that problem is fixed, just giving people more access to insurance is going to just it's going to destroy all of our lives. We have we have 3.5, 3.7 percent of our GDP spent on defense. And people like like Joe and, you know, characterizing Joe as, as a typical Democrat will scream about that expenditure on defense. 3.7 percent is around there. We spend 20 percent of our GDP presently on health care. If you had gone back to the 80s, that would have been someplace around maybe around six, nine percent. I can't remember. It was very low. Obesity has driven us all into it's it's a it's a national emergency. It's one of our greatest national security threats that exist right now is our own bodies. And and what's a perfect example of that? What just happened these last two and a half years without obesity? COVID never would have freaking happened. It would have been a blip on the radar. Everyone that is dying from COVID has has various very serious diseases, most likely due to obesity, hypertension. They have uh, um, they have diabetes. They have kidney failure as a result of it. They have small vessel disease all over the place that, that's causing heart problems and cardiomyopathies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Until, and I'm speaking to you, Joe, until people start taking personal responsibility for their health, it is going to kill us to go to a single payer system, Medicare for all. It is going to kill the NHS in the UK. They know that already. That's why they keep on screaming about, oh, help us save the NHS. That's why they have this big PR program about that. Because your lifestyle, Joe, if you're obese, I don't know as you are, but if you are, your lifestyle is the reason that we can't have Medicare for all. So look around your friends, look around your conservative family, whatever, and ask them to take more responsibility for their health. Before you start asking everybody else to pay for shit for you, you know, I was just going to let you're going to. I was just going to let Joe come on. on I was just going to let him come on. I was going to let him come on, and he left. Uh, you know, uh, now I have to. I'm going to play a devil's advocate here for a second here, uh, uh, Daniel. Um, in that, Joe would say, uh, many on the left would say, two things about that, I, and I agree with you on the obesity. I totally agree with you. People need to start taking care of themselves, but. 
Joe would say that we pay our taxes. And in Canada, they pay slightly more taxes, but they get health care here. So we are giving something. We're paying our taxes and not getting anything back for it. Also, yeah, most, most people that, that pay, I, I can't remember what the cutoff is, but mo- if you're talking about federal taxes, and that's where the money for these programs would come, most people that, I don't know, what is it, about $45,000, maybe less, or sorry, maybe more, um, pay no federal taxes at all. So you pay sales tax, yeah, but that sales tax isn't paying for Medicare for all. Another point being that some people would argue that if we had a better healthcare system here, in other words, if you, if people could get access to preventive care, a lot of these things wouldn't happen that are happening, such as diabetes. Our, our preventative our preventive care has increased and increased over the last four decades. HMOs, when they came around when I was in medical school in ni- mid-1980s, I graduated in 88. Um, when HMOs were first starting during that period, everyone was uh, saying, oh, this is going to solve it. You know, all this preventative care that they're going to have out there for everybody, and they're going to nip these problems in the bud. No, didn't solve it one bit. It, it exacerbated it. The more you give people insurance, the more you put a buffer between the people that are paying for a service and the people that are receiving a service. When people go into the hospital, when I go into the hospital, I get that, you know, until I retired in, in January, um, my, my medical care was all paid for as part of my terms of support with my employer. So did I ever know how much anything costs when I went to a hospital? Never. And that is a big problem when it comes to keeping costs down. If the right. person that is receiving the service has no idea what it's costing. Right. But also a lot of people, a lot of people don't have insurance, don't ha- don't get that preventative care. A lot of people don't have insurance. Don't I, I've had parts of I've had so stresses was- in my life where I haven't had insurance and I've had no blood test during that period of time. I got lucky when I finally got insurance, you know, eight years ago and I've had it ever since with the Obamacare. I've had, you know, yearly blood tests and I'm fine. But all those years went by where I couldn't afford to – if you don't, if you don't have health insurance, you can't just go to an ER and say, give me blood work now. You know, I need to check up now. So yeah. we, need, we need that – we need access. We need free access to preventative I remember, care. I, I remember um, – I was born in 1957, so I remember the 60s and the 70s. And I remember the way people um, dealt with health care at that time and how my parents dealt with it. They shopped around. And that shopping around kept prices down because if you didn't like what somebody was with, with one dental office was charging or with one physician was charging, um, you went to another. And then insurance just took off the roof and more and more and more people became more and more insured. And the prices took off with it. And it's going to remain that way. You could possibly, by going to Medicare for all, get down, get some of maybe maybe like four, four percent, maybe of that 20 percent of the GDP down. Because of the administrative cost of these big healthcare companies, you can get them down a little bit. But once you give everybody access to insurance like that, and they have to give nothing in return, that is by taking care of their healthcare, whatever you make, whatever you lose, if it went for 20 to 16% after you went to single payer, within years, it's going to be up to 30%. Within a few years. Yeah. And the same thing would happen to HMOs. Everyone thought managed healthcare was going to be preventative. Nope. Exactly the opposite. It gave people reason to sit back on their ass and say, ah, they're going to take care of it for me. Like anybody else in the world can ever take care of your health for you. We are all the we all have the greatest the the greatest control that you have over your life and anything is over your own body. And if you're not taking control of that, 
you're lost, man. It doesn't matter what else you do in your life. You're freaking lost. Well, I was going to let Joe come back on, but he left. So maybe maybe he'll call back tomorrow and we'll see his rebuttal. I'm sure, you know, you know, Joe, he's going to have some. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be some disorganized thought. The guy needs prolixin is what he needs. <laughs> Daniel, thanks. Let me get to the next call. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, let's go to uh, Karthik. How are you? Uh, what's up, Mike? I just came in here for a break, short break. I was in a call. I was in a room. I almost said call, but um, I was in a room uh, where like everybody's talking about various trans issues, and I'm like, God, do people only come here to talk about like serious issues? So like, everybody's so serious here, man. Um, but in regards to your last caller, so I were you guys like was that in reference to uh, um, Medicare for all? Uh, yeah, I think we we started to get on that little Joe and then Daniel got on the topic of Medicare for all. And Joe had asked me if I was, you know, in favor of it. And, you know, I, I just, I, you know, once again, I think my general feeling is everyone should have access to health care. We just need to know how it's going to, oh. who's going to run it, how's it going to run, who's going to pay for it. Oh, well, right now everybody has access. It's just that people can't pay for it. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, right. But, well, that, you know, the access word is bullshit. If you can't get it, you, you can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, in regards to shopping around, like in most, I don't know, so many places, it's maybe most probably, you can't shop around because there's like lots of monopolies. And like if everybody's expensive, then like uh, then, yeah. then the idea of competition isn't going to apply. Yeah, there is no competition. It's really like it's really simple. Uh, yeah. Simple yeah. laws. Right. It's like um, saying shop shop for a car. And every car dealer sells the same car for $85,000. Okay, so I can't afford the car. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, which is what's happening now. doesn't matter who I go to, you know. But, yeah, of course, they've, 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 they've done that. It's called a monopoly. And that's yeah. The, sure, and, and there's monopolies in many markets. Right. right. I mean, you'd, if anyone knows they have health care, if you have health care and you go, let's say, for blood work like I just did, and you'll see when you get your, you know, the claim, it'll say – you know, the uh, the lab asked for $827, right? And the healthcare company gave them $10.25 and they took it. You know, that, that's the that's the bullshit system we have here is that if the healthcare, the healthcare company says that we're going to give you 1% of what you asked for and they, they say, oh, thank you very much. They take it. They don't deny it. They take it. Yet, if you don't have that health insurance, you got to pay $800. You can't say as an individual person, I'm going to give you 1% of it. That's the problem. See, that's that's the problem right there, is that they have priced out the per, the people. The health insurance companies get to do what they want. Okay, they get to do whatever they want. They get to pay whatever they want. It's all pre negotiated, and it's often a very very small percentage of what the the institution or the doctor asked for, the hospital asked for. A very small percentage. But without that health insurance company, you got to pay the entire amount that that doctor or hospital or or place that does the blood work wants. And that's that is the problem. And that's where you can have the government get come in and say, you know what, we're going to stop that. If, if, if we as individuals could negotiate things the way healthcare companies can, we would easily be able to afford health care. A doctor's visit would cost 30 bucks instead of 500 bucks. You know, blood work would cost 30 bucks instead of 800 dollars. You know, a vaccine, you know, or a shot you have to get would cost 80 bucks instead of 8,000 bucks. If we could negotiate the way the health insurance companies can, but we can't, that, that's the problem. So if you don't have this health insurance company buffer negotiating prices for you, and of course you pay them the premiums and co-pays and all that, you're fucked. 
Yeah, but if we had uh, uh, healthcare for everybody, that would make us like the Chinese. And we can't have that, can we? Well, the French have it. The British have it. Yeah, yeah, I'm kidding, man. I'm I'm very being sarcastic. I know you're being sarcastic. I understand. But the the, the problem is that I don't think healthcare, I don't think access to healthcare is communist. I don't I I think. Yeah, we have access. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. So I have a question for you. So what non-serious topics do you talk about? Because because I I honestly just come here to call and like to relax after um, (laughs) heavy day of work, you know? What do you want me to talk about? Which coffee's better? What, what kind of gin do you like? What, what the I, hell? No, no. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's a dumb question. I'm just here because I'm like, every time I come here, it's it's like, oh, the, like, it's like serious topic. You have a serious topic because like right now they're talking about like trans issues and, and like and like whether like 25% of Gen Z is really trans and like are, are people's trans because they're depressed or because they don't have God in their life. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I guess 25% is too high. Like, to me, it sounds too high of uh, Gen Z adults. I think it's all uh, just another phase in life. And, we, and I believe in a certain amount of time, we won't even be talking about it anymore. There'll be a time in the very near future where they don't even talk about pronouns anymore, where they don't talk about this transgender stuff. Yeah, some of this pronouns is really garbage. It, you know, it, it come, this stuff comes and goes, man. You know, people have... I think you ask why people talk about certain things. I think because they have very empty lives, and they they need they need things to talk about. They need to make up uh, issues that really are non-issues. And I think this whole idiot idiocy of asking someone their pronouns or putting your pronouns down, I think a lot of it has to do with just a very very empty life, and your need to virtue signal and show what a virtuous person you are. You're part of the in crowd. You're part of the in crowd. You get it. You get it. You know, and I think I think that's the problem. But I think it's a phase that we're going through. And I think in no time at all, people will get tired of it, see how absurd it is, and it'll just go away. And they'll go on to the next stupid thing. Have you heard of the uh, uh, neo-pronouns? Oh, God. What is a neo-pronoun? Well, neo well neo just means new, but neo-pronouns are like Z, Zer, Zim. Oh, is that what a neo-pronoun is? Like Zim? Yeah, it's, it's like things yeah. that aren't like regular pronouns. Like It's like things that are outside of he, she, they, they're... But that's just made up. They're just made up words, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not that that's, that's not a, that's not a real thing. If you're calling someone Zeb or Zem, right? It's, it's it's not a real thing. You, you just made that up. Yeah, it's just really strange. I'm like, are people like really buying this? Like, I, I guess in like some place, like school or workplace, like, I guess if you don't follow this, it's considered harassment. I don't know. Well, I think in the most woke, ridiculous places where you have total morons running things, there was one instance about two months ago. I heard this this like ten year old kid got in trouble for not using a pronoun or something, or they expelled him or they suspended him for saying he wouldn't use a pronoun that some eight year old wanted him to use. It's ridiculous. This is absolutely insane. You know, look, we've had places that have called the cops on kids not wearing ten year olds not wearing masks. Oh yeah, that was in Mountain View, I heard. Yeah, we have nut yes, we have nut jobs running things in this world and nut jobs run education systems. We have crazy teachers, you have you have moron principals, and this is what happens when you have morons running things. And morons with power, you know. But I don't think it's a I, I don't think it's a, a pattern, you know. it's just it'll happen here and there. And when something like that happens It'll it'll get the the attention of the media, right? And they'll blow yeah. Up I, I I wouldn't be surprised if in the future um, there were are detransitions. Well, but I, you mean going? You mean reverse? Yeah, yeah, like detransitioning, like surgeries. Well, there, well, but, well, there are people who are coming out saying they're sorry they've done it, and they yeah. did. They they do have they have reversed it. 
Yeah, no, there there are some people who have come out or they said their lives were totally ruined. But but I'm guessing like you can't like reverse everything. Like, I'm sure some things are permanent. Yeah, there's certain things you can reverse and certain things you can't re- reverse. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but uh, you know, it's just yeah. Some things when once it's done, it's done. And there's no going back. You know, but uh, but but there are people who are coming out saying that they were you know they they they've they were sorry they did it, especially at a very young age, before they were able to actually think it through. You know, and so that 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 that's a problem. You know, but um, yeah, as far as talking about lighter subjects, I mean, from time to time, you know, we'll do that here if it comes up. You know, movies or whatever. But it's just you know, look, it, it, the nature of this podcasting thing is usually either what celebrity stuff, politics, or sports, right? That's yeah. it. And I certainly ain't gonna are, are you talking sports. I have no problem talking about sports. I ain't going to talk about celebrity stuff. That's for sure. What uh, what sports do you follow? Baseball in the summer and hockey in the winter. Uh, so I have a question about baseball. So I don't know anything about any sport besides tennis. I'm a huge tennis fan, but I have a question about baseball. So I know like baseball used to be like super popular, you know, America's pastime and stuff. But I've also heard like in recent years, it's like it's a lot of it's lost a lot of popularity. Is that true? Baseball, I think it has because it's uh, the the games go so long. I think I think that's and we live in a shorter tension span culture than they used to be. Okay. You know, and I and games have gotten longer than they used to be. They just did a they just did a they just did a study that showed that games are like forty to forty five minutes longer than they were like thirty forty years ago. And uh, and they're trying to do, next year they're doing things in baseball. Over, I'll get to you. Don't don't leave. Don't don't. I'll get to you. Next yeah, week. he's probably come to call me transphobic. That's probably no, 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 no. He's going to talk about. I think he's going to talk about cultural stuff. He's he's our cultural analyst. But uh, uh, oh, I I, I, they, they're going to try to shorten the games next year. And they say what they're going to do in the minor leagues has shortened games by over a half hour. I think that's a big part of it. You know, I think we're living in an age where people don't want to sit and watch a game for three and a half four hours. They just don't want to do that. You know, I think that's uh, okay. that has really hurt baseball. That how sucks. drawn out it is, you know, how drawn baseballs, especially. Remember, most people watch on TV. Yeah, a certain amount mm-hmm. of people go to the games, whether it's any game, but most people watch on TV. And if you're at a baseball game, I don't care how long it goes. It's a nice weather. I'm eating my hot the hamburgers, my hot dogs. I'm drinking beer. It's great. But when you're watching on TV, you don't want to sit and watch one thing for three and a half hours. And I think that's really hurt ratings. I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when it comes tennis, to- like I said, I'm a huge tennis fan. I love long matches. Like they usually don't go over four hours, but like I love long tennis matches. But um, but they go, they can go forever. Tennis matches, wow. Theoretically, they can, but the longest match was like eleven hours, and that was an exception. Like the second longest match was like six hours. So there's like a big gap between the first and second. Yeah, six hours a long time too to watch the ball yeah, yeah, back, and forth, sure. back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. Yeah, but um, I, I don't, I don't get it. I get tennis more than golf. I don't get golf. At all, Dude, I feel golf. like, like, yeah, <laughs> like obviously it costs a lot of money to play tennis, like or just to like set up a tennis court. But like golf seems like like the biggest like waste of money because you got to constantly be like watering the grass and it takes like so much space. Like like tennis courts like are are, are a relatively small space kind of, yeah. but golf you need like like I don't know how much space you need like for a golf course. Well, and tennis courts are so easy. They don't have them all over the place. You just have to bring your racket. I mean, they're, they're still public, public tennis courts. Yeah, yeah. There aren't really public golf courses. You know, they're very expensive to, to golf. You know, you know if, if you want to do a, 18 rounds of golf, it's a lot of money. You know, even miniature golf is expensive. You know, so it's an, it, it is an expensive yeah. sport. Yeah, I, I like mini golf. It's fun. That's why golf was always seen as, you know, the, old, the white, the rich white guy sport because it was for a very long time. It still is. 
Yeah, it's it's that way too, kind yeah. of, but not as much. Right. Um, so know. I have a question, uh, it's a comedy question. Have you heard heard of Ryan Long? Ryan Long? No. Yeah. So no. he's this great comedian. Like he does mainly like sketches or like skit stuff on YouTube. Okay. And so like he combines like and he does like like, like a lot of woke comedy. He's hilarious. Hilarious. And like he like he usually talks about like like uh uh, uh what, what whatever is relevant. So he kind of like combined the skit of like pronouns and like and the vaccine Pfizer stuff. So like he made like he's playing like this really like woke guy, and his and like who's like thinks he's trans but he's not sure he's questioning you can say. And so in the video of like the character he plays, this guy's pronouns are Pfizer. Do you get it? Pfizer. Yeah, Pfizer, because the video is about, like, how Pfizer's amazing, and, like, it's about this guy, like, who hates, like, all corporations except Pfizer, and he so, hates, like, they're God. The other one could be Mo, Moderna, right? Yeah, theoretically, yeah, but in the video, and, and like, and, and in the video, like, he's, like, this uh, guy is, like, bashing Amazon and, like, all the other corporations, um, but but he wants to, like, censor speech about anybody, like, criticizing Pfizer. Yeah, it's, it's like a great skit. That's all. Check them out. Let, let me get to over before we end the show. But thanks for calling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, it doesn't uh, uh, shout at me too much. <laughs> no, you know what? <laughs> oh, there you are. You popped up. Okay. All right. Oof. What's up? Taking way too many bong rips to shout at anybody tonight. You know, <laughs> guy doesn't know me. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, Daniel, all I would say is, is Bill Gates right? Is that, like, is that where we're at as a group? Because What, what did Bill Gates say? I don't listen to what Bill Gates said, really. I yeah, kind of ignore him. Uh, I, I can't in my line of work. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, but he's, you know, just saying that um, he's an overpopulation, he's a depopulationist. So. Yeah. Right. He's on. He's on the team of, um, you know, you gotta give something to get something, and giving people something for nothing is resulting in overpopulation, according to him. I don't think that's the right approach, personally. I do see some logic behind the argument, but you know, when when my chips go on the table, I'm for humanity, not on the side of just deciding who's worth what and um you know in the merit in the merit base i think bill gates is actually insane Agreed. i wouldn't listen to it i think he's insane yeah yeah i think him, him and melinda are both very insane people i saw some of the stuff they did when they were um <clears throat> when they were pushing the vaccines and uh just incredibly evil and so, I, they're just they're just they are they are anyone any any liberal who all of a sudden says they they love and trust Bill Gates is out of their fucking mind. Out of their mind. I I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you, but um, part of my line of work uh, brings stuff like this across my desk. Um, a friend of a friend got a service award from Maricopa County Sheriff's Office in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations on your years of service to Maricopa County. We appreciate your contribution. There's two signatures on this award, one from Joy Rich, the county manager, and the other one from the chairman of the board of supervisors, Bill Gates. Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah. I would love to ignore him, but he's making himself quite, uh, 
he's putting himself in our faces like this. Like, yeah. Well, did you know? I mean, I found this out today. Like, I had no idea. Bill fucking Gates owned a sheriff's department. <laughs> he what? He, yeah, the, he's the chairman, board of supervisors for the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. Is he really? That's why his signature is on here. Bill, uh, Incredible. But um, that's what's got me upset today. That's what I want to talk about. Um, but in terms of trans issues, I don't think um, that's a real issue, um, especially it started off. Um, I remember very vividly I was on a cruise ship um, at night smoking one of my um, hand-rolled cigars that I snuck on. And they were playing a CNN clip about bathroom bills, of course. And a Chilean fellow sitting next to me was like, is this, what, what's this all about? Like, and I just said, you know, it doesn't matter what's swinging between your legs. If someone attacks you in a bathroom, you're protected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Like yeah. you're protected from assault and battery, no matter what, no matter if there's a toilet present or not. Yeah, exactly. You're protected. <laughs> That's right. That's it. <laughs> That that must have cleared things up for him. Oh, he laughed so hard, and I was just like, "Yeah, those are those people are paid so much money to tell us lies." And yeah, I, I don't know. I, on trans issues, I just pine for the days of funny drag queens. What about yeah. the days of just funny drag queens? That that's that, that's what I want to go back to. You know, I checked out. By the way, you're uh, on Instagram. People can go through your profile here and your Instagram. You can click on those photos. Are great photos. Thank you so much. No, you know, those are um, fantastic. We have about thirty five of them up there. 33. 33. Now, people Magic can number. bid, right? People can bid for them, right? No, I'm, I have a set price for them. Is it, I thought I saw a bid. Did I not see bid? Place bid? Or am I that is That is an option. Um, that definitely is an option that the site makes available. But, oh, I see. Um, I will I see. let people know I'm not agreeing to any sale below um, the history numbers. And Ah, okay. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So each, each – well, depends on – well, so my my photographs are amongst uh, are in a gal a virtual gallery by somebody by my producer who does host other art and other art art by other artists might be that way. So depending on where you navigate, I don't know if you navigate it outside of my photographs or not, but essentially everything you saw does is represented by a real like framed and ready to be put on the wall photograph which is very rare very rare in these virtual galleries which right. each photograph only say. has a certain amount of prints is that right nope one of one it's just one just one ah so, so these are one. yeah so these are so if i buy one i know that's the only one out there and I will hand deliver it because um, some, as as I told you, the prices are um, to cover a lot of legal defenses for some pretty prominent people. Sure. So that's yep. the main goal. And I mean, Julian Assange alone needs two million dollars. And yeah, I know, I know. I don't think they're even halfway there. And then, I al- I alone need three million. So look at that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's uh, yeah, very, very expensive person. I got you know what should happen to you? Expensive tastes, but no. Everyone should go on there and look. Go through your profile here to that uh, Instagram link and check out those photographs. I was I was like blown away by some of them. Thank you so much. And you know the the one that I'm selling that I've point, price pointed at for that world record breaking number, 
is actually um, an iconic Dallas landmark, North Texas landmark. So oh, is that right? Little, yeah, it's a little bit of I made the I made the one you know one that's going to be the one a little bit special, not just some right of anything. Right. So it's yeah. pretty iconic and pretty good graffiti work in that photo too. So, Excellent. Hey, ooh, I'm going to wrap the show up, but thanks for calling and check out his photographs. May I say one more thing about the trans issue? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, there's an incredible documentary um, being completely censored and pulled off the internet every chance they can get to pull it off, and I recommend everybody check it out. It's called What is a Woman by Matt Walsh. Oh, I've heard about it. Oh, my God. This is eye-opening stuff because uh, essentially there's one – incredibly harming aspect of this transitioning operation whether you're male or female that's completely irreversible and does permanent damage to your body which is the hormone treatments that they put people on so it'll permanently disrupt your child's or if you're an adult um it'll disrupt your hormone your thyroid basically and your immune system will be uh Worse than the transmission on a Ford Fiesta. Let's put it that way. Wow. <laughs> You'll need more maintenance yeah. on your immune system than a Yeah, of course, the left, has tried, the left has tried to bash that because Matt Walsh is a conservative podcaster and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I've heard really good things from people who actually are open-minded and watch the documentary, and I should watch it as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, the last thing, uh, the another eye-opening point for me was that uh, surgery costs starts at $75,000. So when we consider that the average American makes less than 30k a year, we understand that individuals are coming from very privileged backgrounds. Yeah, and get them and and, and the once again the medical industry is making tons of money, big farmers making tons of money off this and the 75,000 sounds familiar. That's like the average cost of an electric vehicle as well. <laughs> That's the yeah. common price there, seventy five thousand. I mean, hey, anyone can afford seventy five grand, right? What's seventy five grand? What's seventy five grand? You know, funny you say that because it's <laughs> like I saw another thing by Facebook where they're where they're pushing their VR headsets to replace classrooms. So there's another one for the list. You can't go to school. Buy a three hundred dollar headset. Incredible. <laughs> who needs friends? People. Who need who needs friends? Right. <laughs> Who needs friends when you got a headset? Oh, yeah. Mike, you that- have to give me an hour if you want to go down this psychological trauma, put yeah. on all of us. <laughs> well, we, we, can, we can do it in like a 10 part series. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy Ooh. to. Ooh, thanks for the call, Mike. For the show. <laughs> As Good always, day. thanks. Oh, boy. Now, I want to just preview tomorrow. We didn't get to it today. Boy, we've got almost an hour and a half here. Um, uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, an article that just came out. Um, showing uh, this is from a Stanford and uh, Johns Hopkins study. This is Stanford and Johns Hopkins study, which is now showing that the the vaccines were more deadly than COVID. The vaccines cause more harm than COVID itself. This is coming now out of Johns Hopkins and Stanford. By the way, Johns Hopkins and Johns Hopkins and Stanford have been ahead of this game the whole time. Great doctors like Marty McCary, like uh, Jay Bhattacharya like Scott Atlas, they they were ahead of this from day one, way ahead of Fauci, way ahead of Walensky, way ahead of Redfield and Burks. And the, uh, this is what I've been talking about. The more and more 
we see studies coming out about lockdowns and vaccinations and masking and all that, the more we see how harmful these policies are, how harmful these policies and vaccines, they continue to push, continue to push in all ages as though there's no difference between a five-year-old, a 20-year-old, and an 80-year-old with diabetes that's 400 pounds. It's absolutely insane. We'll talk more about that study tomorrow. And we'll talk about everything else. It'll be a great Friday show. It might be a film review. I know for those of you who want the lighter touch to the show, um, where'd Karthik go? He's gone. Anyway, this has been and Let's Be Heard. My name is Mike Kachopoli. Remember, again, 11 p.m., Monday to Friday, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. You can catch me. And Let's Be Heard. Mike Kachopoli is my name. Remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening. See you back here tomorrow.